The reading this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 43, and this can be found on page 1026 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. If we haven't met, my name is uh, Richard. I'm one of the uh, curate's ministers here, and uh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, the decorations now fully enforced, the tree out there to be decorated, I think, this afternoon. Uh, so if you're back this evening, you'll see uh, what this building looks like, all done up, uh, dark outside, light and warm inside. Uh, but here we are this morning, uh, before we get there, looking at this final uh, greeting in this little series we've called uh, Seasons Greetings, as the angel comes to Zechariah, comes to Mary, and now Mary comes to her cousin Elizabeth and greets her. And all kinds of things uh, kick off as she does. Shall we pray together as we come to this passage? Uh, God, our Father, as your spirit uh, caused the baby in Elizabeth's uh, womb to leap with joy at the presence of your son. Father, please, with that same spirit, be at work in our hearts this morning, uh, causing us to rejoice and trust and uh, be humble uh, before him. Amen. If you've been here the last uh, couple of weeks, then picking up the metaphor, uh, two weeks ago, Paul showed us God's salvation plan uh, reigniting. That plan which God had made centuries beforehand, which he'd promised to his people centuries beforehand, uh, now seemingly gathering dust. Not much going on. But then it reignites as the angel comes to Zechariah. And then last week, James said, we see that plan explode as the promise comes of a king who will reign all people for all time. And following that metaphor, what we have today really is is the aftermath of that explosion. As these two women, Mary and Elizabeth, come together and they say, wow. And they work out, how how do we respond? And so we're going to look at their two responses, Mary and then Elizabeth, as models for us. What's the right way to respond uh, to these promises that we've heard, to these astonishing things that God has done? Well, Mary and Elizabeth will show us the way. And so firstly, Mary. We'll consider Mary, well, her belief brings blessing. And this uh, picks up again from verse 39. Uh, let's follow Mary's story. We're told at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And if you've uh, been reading up to here, if you've been here uh, last week, uh, that is Mary's belief in action, literally her belief on legs as she gets up and travels to see Elizabeth. You see, the angel told Mary she was going to have a baby. She's a virgin. She's going to have a baby. She said, how can that be? 
And the angel said, well, God can do anything. For example, if you go and see Elizabeth, you'll see she's pregnant. Your cousin, your elderly cousin, is miraculously pregnant. And Mary doesn't say, well, that's nonsense. She says, well, I'm going to go and see that. See, her belief already in what the angel says, she gets up, she hurries to Elizabeth's home. We'll carry on, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. It's that language. Mary is blessed. Why is she blessed? Well, Sarah already showed us. Verse 45, blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who's believed. Mary's belief is what brings the blessing. And I think as we read this, we're meant to see the contrast with Zechariah. As Elizabeth says, blessed is she who's believed. The contrast is with Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. As I was thinking this week, for all we know, is in the house, is even in the room. If you remember, uh, an angel came to Zechariah as well, told him, your wife's going to conceive. And he said, that's ridiculous. And the words he uses, he says, how can that be? And so that's what Mary says. Uh, he says, how can I know that's true? I don't believe you. Prove it. I don't, how, how can I know? See, Zechariah doesn't believe. And the angel says, well, here's how you'll know. You'll be mute until the child's born. And so from that moment, Zechariah vanishes from the story. Unable to speak. He can't make his presence felt. Did you notice as we read it, we're told that uh, Mary goes to Zechariah's home, verse 40. It's not called Elizabeth's home. It's called Zechariah's home. But his presence isn't felt in it. He can't speak. And so Mary sa- Elizabeth says, unlike my husband who didn't believe, blessed is she who believed. Now we need to be clear, uh, this isn't that one will get the promises because one believed. The story could go like this. Uh, Mary got an amazing promise. Mary believes it, and so it comes true. Zechariah gets an amazing promise. He doesn't believe it, and so it doesn't come true. The story could go like that. It could be the promise comes true only if you believe it. That's not what happens. God's promises are too strong, are too certain to be defeated by something as small as someone not believing them. God's promises will come true. Mary and Zechariah both have this astonishing promise of a baby. Mary believes Zechariah doesn't. They both get the baby. The blessing isn't God's promises will come true if you believe them enough. It's not like Aladdin needing to rub the genie's lamp to give it enough energy that it can do something impressive. God doesn't need our belief. So what's the blessing? When Elizabeth says, blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill her promise to her, what's the blessing? It's that Mary can enjoy the journey. Zechariah and Mary, they both get the baby that was promised, but Zechariah has to wait in silence while Mary, as we'll see in a moment, can sing in the next verses. The blessing is enjoying the journey. A few years ago, I was on a plane uh, in Ethiopia. A previous church I was a part of, a few of us were going to visit a mission partner uh, in Makeli in northern Ethiopia, and uh, we flew. It's, it's, it's a long way to Ethiopia. And uh, we flew from London to Addis Ababa, that's the capital, and then we got on a, a, not a huge plane to fly from there up to Makeli. 
And Esther was in charge of the trip. She'd been there before. And she warned us, this plane's going to get a bit bumpy. You see, it's not a huge plane. And Northern Ethiopia, pretty mountainous where we were landing. So this little airstrip sort of surrounded by mountains. And so apparently, uh, I'm no weatherman, but uh, that means the wind does some pretty weird things. Around the mountains, it's sort of going up here and down here. And there's thermal currents all over the place. And this little plane just is bouncing up and down as it passes through all of these currents. And so, you know, fair enough, Esther warned us. And actually said, you know what, if you like that kind of thing, it's quite fun. It's a bit like a roller coaster, you know, you bounce around, it's a bit exciting. She is one of life's daredevils by temperament. And, you know, it's quite fun, enjoy it. And so we're on this flight, and, you know, we're sort of 20 minutes from landing. The announcement comes over, we're descending to land. And it starts to, you know, wobble around a bit. We say, Esther, is, is this it? Is this it? Oh, no, she says. Oh, no, just wait. And a few minutes later, you know, this plane, it's, it's all over the place. It's bouncing up and down and across, and, and we've been warned, and we kind of think this is all right. And Esther's enjoying it, you know, leaning into it, having fun. The guy next to her, not so much. Uh, not one of our group, a complete stranger. It's a fairly big guy, fairly tough looking. And he lost it. He lost it. He was kind of clinging on to Esther's arm as though she could keep him safe. There were tears. There were times where his head was buried in her. I think if he dared to take off his seatbelt, he'd have been in her lap just looking for some kind of safety. And 15 minutes later, the plane lands. And Esther walks off. And so does our new friend. It's not that believing the promises means they come true. Just like if you're scared on a plane, it doesn't mean you crash and the person who trusts the plane gets to their destination. But the blessing is you can enjoy the journey. That's not quite what Luke's saying here. Let me just say a word. If you wouldn't call yourself a Christian... For whatever reason you're here, you're very welcome. You'd be very welcome to come again this evening if a carol service is your thing. If you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, it's worth saying there is a first moment of belief that the Bible calls for. Someone who was so unconvinced in that plane that they didn't get on it would never have made it to McKelly. They'd be stuck in Addis Ababa. There is a first moment of trusting God's promises, God's promises for you, which is like getting on a plane, and once you're there, you'll make it to the destination. Once you're on the plane, you'll make it to the destination. But that's not so much Luke's point. Luke is talking about two believers. Mary and Zechariah, they're believers in God's promises. Fundamentally, that's who they are. But in a moment of crisis, Mary's belief continues, and Zechariah's wobbles. And the result is, he doesn't enjoy the journey as much as Mary can. In the season of Advent, we've been, we look back, we look forwards. We look back to Jesus' first coming, these promises that these women received, that Mary believed. And we look forward to a day when Jesus Christ will return, will make things right. A, a day when, a day when, to carry on with the metaphor, I think he wants, I think he's not across to see me. That's our son. Uh, they'll be fine. Uh, a day when, to complete the metaphor, the plane will land. Jesus Christ will return. He will make things right. The plane will land. And between now and then, life might get bumpy. For some of us in the room at the moment, at the moment, today, this week, life feels bumpy. It's not clear who we're going to cling on to, who's going to be able to keep us safe. 
And Luke would say in those moments, there is blessing in believing. Jesus Christ will return. The plane will land. And if you know that, if you believe that, if you can hope in that, then there's blessing now. It changes. Just like Esther and our new friend, it changes the way you experience the journey, the way you experience the bumps. If you know that one day, Jesus will return. Mary's belief brings blessing. And then secondly, Elizabeth. Elizabeth's humility brings happiness. I love Elizabeth here. Uh, Elizabeth, she has had... The God who hasn't spoken for 400 years has sent an angel to her husband and said, you will have a son in your old age. Not just a son, uh, he will be part of God's salvation plan. He's the one who will come before Jesus to get people ready for the salvation that's coming. How amazing the things that have happened to Elizabeth. And her cousin Mary turns up, and all she wants to do is talk about Mary, not herself. Look, what does she say? Verse 42, in a loud voice she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth just wants to talk about Mary. And think how Elizabeth could have responded. Think how Elizabeth could have responded. She could have tried to make herself first. The angel came to us first, Mary. We've been here for six months. You're sort of treading on our turf. Elizabeth is the first woman to be named in Luke's gospel. In in those days, 2,000 years ago, to be a named woman in a written account, that's huge. She's the first. If not first, she could have tried to make herself equal. We've both had angels come. We both have these astonishing promises, these miraculous pregnancies. We're both going to be used by the Lord. I think she could easily have been bitter. I think she's an old woman. Years ago, she married Zechariah, and like all young couples, full of hope, of expectation. What will our family be? Looking forward to that day of decorating the nursery, of picking out the baby grows. And the weeks go by, and the months go by, and the years go by, and nothing. Every month, that new moment of hope, of expectation, of anguish, and nothing. And now, now the Lord has come and said, you will have a child. And then what's this from Mary? How easily Elizabeth could have felt bitter? I've been waiting for years, and she's not even married yet. Can't she wait a few months? Can't she just have a child like everyone else I've seen? What? I need this. I deserve this. She doesn't. What does Elizabeth say? Why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Is an astonishing humility. Now we need to be clear, it's not so much that she's excited that Mary's there. She's excited that Mary's there because Mary is the mother of my Lord. 
The Lord Jesus is in her womb. She explains that in verse 44. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. John the Baptist in her womb. Uh, we're told earlier in Luke chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit would fill Luke, uh, sorry, fill John the Baptist even from before his birth so that he could prepare people for Jesus. And we hear here in verse 42, the Holy Spirit comes. Sorry, verse 41, the Holy Spirit comes. John the Baptist, he can't speak, but he dances. And through his mother's mouth, he praises Jesus. Blessed are you. See, for, for Elizabeth, it's not so much that Mary's come, an experience that none of us will have. It is that the Lord has come in Mary's womb into her house. And that is an experience we know. The Lord has come to us in his word, through his table. One day physically, the Lord will come to us. And there might be days, weeks, years, where we're tempted to feel bitter, where we're tempted to think, oh, I've been at this church for a long time, I've been serving hard, I've suffered, I've endured a lot. I, Jesus, frankly, I, I deserve something from you. And that way lies bitterness, lies resentment, lies frustration. Elizabeth would teach us, would encourage us to say, why am I so favoured that the Lord would come to me? And that way lies happiness. That way lies happiness now because if we think we're entitled to something, if we think we deserve it, there'll be frustration, there'll be bitterness when it doesn't come. If, it, if we think everything we have is favour, is, is unmerited, is kindness, then we can enjoy it. And that way comes happiness in the long run, because as we read Luke 1 and 2, it's, it's absolutely clear that Jesus has come to turn things upside down. Mary will sing in the next few verses that Jesus has come so that the, the hungry would be filled, and those who are satisfied would be sent away empty. That the poor would be exalted, that the proud would be brought low. There'll be a complete reversal. The old poem says, only he, only she, only the one who is down need fear no fool. There will be a fall when Jesus Christ comes of all who are proud, who try to lift themselves up. But for those who are humble, who are down, they need fear no fall. There is happiness that comes from being humble before the Lord. Mary's belief brings blessing. Elizabeth's humility brings happiness. A final question, how do we grow in those things? If we want uh, the blessing that comes from belief, if we want the happiness that comes from humility, how do we grow in those things? Well, of course, ultimately, uh, they are a gift from the Lord. In a few moments, I'll pray. I'll lead us in a prayer that he would grow in us belief and humility. But as well, as we come together, as we gather, as we worship, the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we sing, they are God-given gifts to grow in us, belief and humility. Just a few moments ago, we, we said the creed together. We had a moment to come together with our family, with Christian brothers and sisters, and say, I believe in the promise that Mary had. I believe he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. I believe he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And hopefully it's true that we believe that, but... It, 
often our experience will be that the fact of coming together and saying those things mean we believe them more strongly. It's a gift to us. And if you find that helpful as we gather, that might be something during this week if it's not a habit. That you want to find the, the text of that creed. It's easy to find online. I, I can get it for you if you want, if you ask me. And find a time, a place this week, each day to, to say those things. I believe. I believe. Or think of humility. Before we come to the Lord's Supper, we'll pray the prayer that we, we always pray, that Anglicans have prayed for hundreds of years. It's called the prayer of humble access. It's the prayer that says, we do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness. It's the prayer that says, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. It's a prayer of humility. And as we pray it together, we trust, we hope that the Lord will grow in us a humility, the humility that that prayer speaks of. I'm going to suggest something we don't normally do here that might be helpful for some. Uh, for generations, Christians who've prayed that prayer would kneel uh, to pray it as a posture of humility. Now, some of us won't be able to kneel. Uh, for some of us, would just feel very awkward and self-conscious and it would be distracting and completely unhelpful. It's fine. It is the posture of our hearts that the Lord cares about over the posture of our bodies. But I suspect that for some of us, uh, to kneel, to find a way of expressing a humility... It might be helpful for us. It might be a means that the Lord uses to inculcate humility in us. And again, if that is helpful, that's a practice that this week, if it's not your habit, it could be a practice for this week to pray, to kneel as we pray during the week. Ultimately, though, the, the belief that brings blessing, the humility that brings happiness, they're a gift of the Lord. They're a gift that he gave to Mary and Elizabeth. Should we pray that they'd be a gift he would give to us? Let's pray together. Our Father, in our right moments, our hearts echo the sentiments of Elizabeth. Why am I so favoured that my Lord should come to me? In our right thinking, right feeling moments, our hearts echo Mary's sentiment. I'm the servant of the Lord. May it be to me according to his word. And you know that very often that's not the case. That, that when things are hard, we find it difficult to trust your word. We find it difficult to, to be humble and not think we deserve something. And so in your kindness, by your spirit, would you grow in us a belief in Jesus, in his promises, in his return? Would you grow into a humility before him, a delight that he would come to us? And so would we know the blessing and the happiness that Mary and Elizabeth knew? Would that be true for us through Christmas as we celebrate Jesus' coming? Would it be true for us in the new year that whatever bumps there are, it would be a year for us of blessing, of humility, of happiness, because we know the Lord. Amen.